This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello, Double Threat listeners. Producer Brett here, and I'm sure you knew that you were going to get one of my classic disclaimers for this episode. The first annual Double Threat Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by Public, And sure enough, here I am with a couple bullet points. Uh, first and most importantly, please take the erotic tales in this episode as intended. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, not at the expense of any kind of sexuality between consenting adults uh, or fast food mascots or crypt keepers, uh, but as a pansexual celebration of everything ridiculous about the horizontal hoochie coo or the bump and squiddles or whatever those weirdos in the Love Sync commercial called it. Uh, in other words, to be crystal clear here, gay sex is not and will never be a punchline on this show. It's not inherently more shocking or other than any other kind of doing it. Uh, and I wish I didn't have to say that, but Jesus Christ, there are still so many comedy people and Twitter people out there who haven't gotten the message yet or are just uh, willfully ignoring the message. Uh, so to all the hacks, please grow up. And to all of you wonderful people, please get ready for some erotic fanfic that is funny and wild and creative and disturbing. Not because of the parties involved in the missionary Macarena, but because you are very funny and the stories you submitted are very, very good. Second, the inevitable content warning. Some of these stories are straight up pornographic. I am talking triple X pornographic. If our uh, Hanukkah erotica episode was an eight on the hardcore scale, this episode gets closer to a nine or even a 10. And if that's not something you want to listen to, no worries. We will be back next week with what I assume will be a less pornographic episode, and we'll see you then. And third, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our listeners, because let's be honest, life is short and Double Threat only works when you throw caution to the wind and join us for the ride. And in the case of the first annual Double Threat Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by Public, you joined us for the ride. You definitely joined us for the ride. I had a blast reading all of your stories. They are burned into my brain until the end of time. And I hope that you have a blast hearing a couple of them read for you. And on that note, on with the episode. Forever. Dog. Oh, oh. Brett, we have to do it, don't we? Yeah. Yep, I'm afraid the time has come. Oh, Tom my goodness. Yeah, if I sound okay. on edge, if I sound like I have, there's an edge to my presence on this, <laughs> it is because I am terrified of this episode. romantic welcome to double threat we are your valentines julie and, and tom. tom tom yeah and brett hello baby brett, yeah he's our, our cupid he's the brett for this episode is metaphorically wearing a cute little diapy and mm -hmm. he got a little bow and arrow 
and he is hiding behind a tree branch going and there's a there's a, a young lovers uh, having a picnic by the shade of the mulberry tree yes and brett has his little little bow and arrow and he's going to start shooting it at people <laughs> Remember when yes. that one guy had a bow and arrow at one of the the Black Lives Matter protests, and then he was gonna like start shooting people, and then they like beat the tar out of him as he was like cocking back the bow and arrow, and then he got called like MAGA Hawkeye. <laughs> it was one of the perfect things because then there was like there was like an Iron Man and a Hawkeye, and it was like oh a God. weird. A weird right wing Avengers. Or just like, yeah, the Island of Lost Toys. If it's like, oh, I don't want this Hawkeye for he gets it for Christmas. He goes, No, I don't want the I don't want the one with the bow and arrow. I didn't want Hawkeye. <laughs> I wanted I wanted a horn helmets. I wanted horn helmet. You mean Thor? Yeah. Or Flavor Flav. <laughs> What's his name? The one who can only eat organic food. Oh, horn, yeah, that horn helmet. He is mm-hmm. the, the he is the Thor of MAGA Avengers. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what just fell behind you? Oh, uh, a little little uh, bulletin board. I tried to get the stick, and that ain't sticking. <laughs> I think we realized did, did that your experiment. To, did your to do list just kill itself? My to do list just to 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 did itself in. It says to do list one commit suicide and the rest just plop. Yeah, figured I'd try uh. something with a little, <laughs> little square bolting board. If things fallen four times now. <laughs> We're done. That that experiment has has I don't declared know. fifth times the charm. Fifth times the charm. Well, no, those things always get stickier too as you just keep pressing it harder. That's how that works. It improves. Just keep sticking it. It's like practice. It's like the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah, it is like that. It's like practice. So, yeah. So you just saw my little thing fall behind me. <laughs> um, But, yeah, he would be Thor for the MAGA Avengers. He would Who be. Who would uh, Piano Key Scarf be? Scarlet Witch. And Podium Guy? Jarvis the Butler from the <laughs> Avengers Butler. And then who would uh, good old Hitler be? Thanos. Isn't that the name of that lady's blood company? Elizabeth. Uh, I've I've in- I've I've invented a revolutionary way of removing blood from humans. Everything about me is normal. You just put the thing into the slot, and then you get back a million test results, but none of them have to do what your blood said. <laughs> the scientists are like, it can't work. Well, make it work. Mine works. Mine works. And you could get them at Walgreens. That was like the biggest giveaway <laughs> when suddenly work. they were just like, yeah, Walgreens has the machines. Oh, not doctor's offices, not actual labs that work on this stuff. Well, they were sending them to Walgreens at one point. I think yeah. they would send in the thing and then someone who worked at Theranos would, you know, go over to Walgreens and just be like, um, this is for a friend. If I was in Walgreens and I saw one of those machines, yeah, I would probably jam like a butterfinger in it or like one of the <laughs> things I do a 
I do I uh, do some blood work on a butterfinger. You treat it like it was uh one of those like make your own peanut butter machines in the grocery store. You just start throwing stuff inside of it and see you know, you put a jar underneath it. Yeah. I would do those things don't come back post COVID, right? Well, you're certainly you're certainly no longer allowed to lick the rim. The ball no, you can't you can't lick but the you, rim of if it. If you anymore. tip if you tip the guy who's restocking the dairy section, he will let you lick the rim. Ball pits are gone and make your own peanut butter, ball pits. Froyo? What happens to Froyo? I think Froyo will survive. I think they'll be the the share of the of the situation. But you know what I think might come back actually just for sake of what's that called? Like it's counterintuitive, but it's sort of the backlash. If I mm-hmm. think uh Plato's retreat is going to come back. Sure. I think sex clubs are going to come back with a vengeance. No sex clubs for straight gross people, mm-hmm. people, people like Al Goldstein who would just go there to eat chicken nuggets. Yeah. They got hot wings. They put out six o'clock. There's a there's wings and salad. Salad. The the um there's a tray with iceberg lettuce and the occasional tomato slice. Nothing in it. is more interesting to me than the fact that Plato's Retreat, the Manhattan Sex Club for straight people, which is just the most pathetic. Like, of course, the straight version was so shitty and stupid that they had like a heat lamp and bar mitzvah food. Yeah, that's uh, those I I I, I got to see it to believe it when that comes back. Uh, that's uh, where I learned. That's where I learned to swim. At Plato's retreat. Yeah, um, most of my peers went to the Y. Mm-hmm. I said, why not? You went to the why not? Well, uh, speaking of sex clubs and uh, uh, licking the rim, we've got a uh, a great show for you today. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. This guy talking is Brett. Brett is is Brett, our producer. Uh, And he's uh, he's been orchestrating quite the events for the past. He's been he's been neck deep in smut because we announced a contest. Double threat. Erotic fiction contest that's right and uh we actually have to revise that a bit it, it, it is now the uh, double thread erotic fan fiction challenge presented by t public hold on yeah back, let's let's, let's back hit pause. this one up please uh <laughs> yep yep i can explain uh i got an email this morning from our pal jerry over at uh t public our merch vendor and uh jerry had uh, caught wind of our uh, erotic fan fiction contest. I guess he had listened to our last episode where we said we might give out uh, T Public merch to the to the winner. Uh, and apparently, the big brass over at T Public are very excited about the contest, and they said, "Slap our name on that baby, and we'll send you all the free merch you want for the winner." So that's very nice of them. Ju- Julie, do you notice who doesn't seem to be sipping from this this uh, trough of? Back slapping and glad handing. Two people. Mm. One's name is Tom and the other's name is Julie. Brett's making deals with Jerry from T Public, goes to the yeah. winner. Now yeah. suddenly it's the T Public fan T-Public fiction thing. Presents? Well, the, the, yeah. uh, I, I actually had it as uh, uh, presented by T Public at the end, but I'm sure they'd be very happy. Uh, no, if, no, if... no, no. Why don't we put it on both? Well, all right. Yeah, they would. Yeah, why they don't would we love say. That. 
T Public presents the double threat erotic T Public uh, fiction <laughs> T Public contest brought to you by, by T Public. <laughs> I'm just noticing a little pattern here. The trough we ain't at, we ain't supping from that trough. No, Brad is Jerry is. The contest winners is the big brass. Meanwhile, I'm thinking the big brass and a couple things. When you say Jerry caught wind of it, mm -hmm. do yeah. you mean that you emailed Jerry? Uh, you know what? I, I actually didn't this time. I, I think uh, I think Jerry is, is listening to, to these episodes. I think, <gasps> I think Jerry's a listener. Of uh, course he is. Listener. <laughs> I would listen to a show that regularly talked about me. <laughs> I would, of course he'd then listen. Why did he respond to that email faster? Well, I think he finally realized, oh, they're talking about me every episode. I should probably listen. So you think that email was the thing that was that, you know, forced him to say, well, I got to subscribe. I think that was the tipping point for Jerry from T Public that we talked about him for 10,000 hours, like Malcolm Gladwell said. So, Brett, you wake up one day, you check your inbox, Jerry at tpublic.com. Mm -hmm. What's the what's the subject header, Brett? Uh, for for today's email, it uh, it was uh, I think. Uh, hey, Brett. <laughs> okay, I, I got it right here. It's just uh, oh boy with an exclamation point. Oh boy, oh, they're friendly, Tom. Thick as thieves. Oh, of course they are. No, they're that's how it is. With all these backroom deals. Mm -hmm. uh, look, I'll say this: you two are artists. You don't want anything to do with the trough. Uh, it gets pretty messy, pretty messy uh, down there trying to keep all mm. all of our uh, partners and sponsors well fed, our wonderful partners and sponsors. I'm just saying this tea public thing. I'm I'm uh, I'm an inch away from pulling the plug on all of it. <laughs> uh oh. Well, Tom is good. Tom went to uh, Tom went to uh, Harvard with Dove Charney. So he's got loyalty. They were in that they they um, pledged. Uh, uh, Kappa, you waka, 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 waka. They pledged waka. waka, 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 the Fozzie Bear. Uh, yeah, yeah, fraternity. fraternity. And so, so he's got, he's like, listen, man. He says, he calls him man. That's because they're friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He says, we, we got this t shirt situation. I'm going to bring you in. American apparel will rise again. Well, uh, not to change the subject, but speaking of Fozzie Bear, we, we did have one story. Uh, that unfortunately did not make the top five, but it's worth shouting out uh, that featured a massive Muppet orgy on the steps of the Capitol. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I was there, too, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and I did read that story start to finish. Oh, of course you did. Brett, you read, you read, I, there is not a, Tom is his mind. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, look, I, I had to be fair about this. Uh, I had to make sure there was accountability, uh, accountability in the judging standards. Uh, so every story I read start to finish, I tried to be as objective uh, as humanly possible, even uh, if I was reading about myself uh, banging Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, always objective. <laughs> oh my I take God. my job very seriously. Uh, and now, uh, how about just a, a quick rundown of how this is all going to work, uh, what you can expect. 
uh, from the uh, uh, T Public presents Double Threat Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by T Public. Uh, I picked five finalists, uh, five finalists from the over 100 submissions that we received. Uh, I think these these five are not only uh, among the best stories; they are also representative of the different uh, types of stories uh, and character combinations and and, and settings that you all uh, uh, gravitated towards. Uh, so five finalists, uh, and it was uh, I'll tell you uh, uh, an incredibly hard, impossibly hard decision. Uh, picking just five uh, out of all the incredible submissions we got. And so in addition to reading the five finalists, I'm also going to be handing out some superlatives, some individual awards mm-hmm. uh, for some, some stories that didn't quite make the cut but deserve recognition. Uh, and then the, the the big surprise that we've got a little for, uh, for you a little later is that we recruited uh, uh, two guests, two very special guests yes. to read the five finalist uh, stories. Uh, I also uh, added some sound design, some scoring to really uh, bring those babies to life. Uh, so that's coming up later. Uh, and then the final step in the challenge. Uh, and and once again, that's the T Public presents Double Threat Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by T Public. Uh, the final step is that we're going to uh, put a poll up on Twitter at Double Threat Pod. Uh, with the five finalists listed, uh, and you, you the listener, you will pick the grand prize winner uh, from the five. Uh, and what is the grand prize for that winner? Well, you're going to get a merch bundle courtesy of uh, Jerry and T Public, uh, and also uh, Forever Dog will donate a hundred dollars to the charity of your choice. Uh, so go vote over at Double Threat Pod on Twitter right now. We'll leave that poll up for 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 a week, uh, and we'll announce the grand prize winner on next week's show. Uh, so that's exciting stuff there. Exciting stuff. Is it too late to back out of this? Yeah. Can we can we pull the plug? I'll donate two hundred dollars. I'll to donate the two, of, I'll give two thousand. If we can get out of this right now. I'll give ten thousand. I mean, based on the 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 effort, the work that was put into these stories, uh they were detailed, they were they were well written, the the the, the descriptions well, are incredible. Twenty thousand. Twenty twenty five. Twenty five. I don't know if there's a number high enough. I, I think we we owe it to the listeners. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they wrote them. They wrote these stories, uh, and I read them. And now you're going to hear okay. them. All right. uh, at least five of them. Uh, you know, I, I okay. Just, I, I just read. Through. I read one. I read one thing you tweeted last night, and I went to bed. I, I closed my laptop. It was one of those things where I closed my laptop, and I was bright red, and I was alone. I turned bright red. The color of my beautiful hair. Uh, well, I'm so embarrassed. If you, uh, if you were bright red from those little teasers I put up on Twitter, uh, you're you're about to be uh, 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 pushing the the bounds of the color spectrum in terms of how red you can get. I want to see. Well, I want to say, should we establish some hmm. sort of Safe no moss, like, no moss, where you're just like no moss, like when who was the boxer who was. Who said no moss? It was a Marvin Hagler was just like he was getting the tar beat out of him. It was just like no moss, no moss. I think it was a uh, uh, Roberto Duran. Roberto Duran, not not uh, not Marvin, not Marvin Hamlish, not Marvin Hamlish. No, the great boxer Marvin Hamlish. We can keep changing the subject and going off on tangents if that yeah. helps delay the inevitable. Know, uh, yeah, I'll <laughs> run the clock out on this. Um, I just want to know what when. When either of us truly cannot take it, what do we do? Do we just have to keep taking it or do we just have to like. To just walk off camera or. Well, here's a chat. Who do you think. What if we have a little challenge? Who can endure. Who who hits who hits the button first, me or you? Oh, that's a good idea. Let's see who hits the button to be like, I truly can't hear any more of this. Okay. Okay. 
Well, here, how about this? I I don't want you to have to do a, a cannonball into the pool uh, without knowing what the temperature is. Right. Uh, uh, you know, I want you to be able to dip a toe in uh, before you take the full plunge. So sure. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's hand out some superlatives, some superlative awards, uh, and these will give you a, a little idea of what to expect. Uh, and again, these are these are stories that did not make the final five, but are deserving of, of recognition nonetheless. Uh, first up, the the award for deep dive duo. Deep dive duo. Uh, this is this is someone who went uh, way back in the double threat catalog uh, for their story, uh, and this award goes to Kevin for his story, the E Train, uh, which paired up Abel Ferrara and Bernie Getz. Uh, Abel Ferrara and Bernie so Getz. He wrote, he wrote a story called the E Train, and it the features E-train? they fuck on the subway. Oh! Oh, it features subway gunman Bernard Getz <laughs> and Chelsea and Hotel and Chelsea Hotel Menace. Chelsea, uh, director of Bad Lieutenant and Chelsea Hotel Menace, Abel Ferrara. So, congrats, Kevin. <laughs> congrats, Kevin. Uh, next up, the award for most uncomfortable duo, most uncomfortable duo, and this is a purely a subjective award, uh, the duo that made me the most uncomfortable, uh, and the winner is, it's a tie. Uh, for, first, uh, uh, half of this award goes to Victoria uh, for pairing up me with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, famous uh uh, enabler of and uh, confidant yes. to Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. She's a she's a world traveler. She's a famous, uh, you know, she she's very jet set. And she uh, what else is she famous for? Well, uh, uh, eating at the In-N-Out Burger, which is where this story begins. <laughs> OK. Uh, all right. And the, the other half of this award, the most uncomfortable duo award goes to Greg uh, for shipping me with Scott Adams. <laughs> Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. Uh, Greg came up with that uh, pairing in his story, After the Storm, in which I am alone on a NorCal highway seeking shelter from a raging storm when I knock on the door of the Dilbert mansion and Scott Adams is nice enough to take me in and you can imagine uh, where it goes from there. It becomes Rocky Horror. It's basically like... (laughs) How do you do I? Let's see if you met my cat named... What is the cat? (laughs) Dogbert, I uh, Snickers. Snickers. My, my cat name Snickers. So, congratulations uh, to Victoria and Greg. Uh, yes. and, and actually, I, I, you know, I just thought of a, uh, another award that I should give out uh, uh, while we were talking there. Uh, best threesome. <laughs> best threesome. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the author. Uh, we'll just call him or her anonymous. Uh, but anonymous, they they, they paired up uh, Alec Baldwin with Dilbert and Dogbert. That's disgusting. <laughs> Like, why are we blocked? Why do you block us? How come I'm not invited on Match Game anymore? Oh, this is this is soul sucking. A couple more awards to hand mm-hmm. out before we get to the big show. I'll run through these real quickly here. Less, more, more cock sucking, <laughs> less soul sucking. It's like it's like the technical Emmys right now. Yeah, like the one that's the like weekend the techni- before. But the technical Emmys, if like the people who are gonna win them don't even want them, they're like, yeah. no. Do I have to be here? Can you send me a check instead? It's like the dummies should be this award. <laughs> 
Uh, the award for the most creative inclusion of Jerry, Jerry from T Public, uh, that goes to Lindsay, uh, who had Jerry show up as a Papa John's delivery man uh, in her story after he was fired from T Public, uh, presumably for greenlighting the sponsorship of this very contest. <laughs> yeah. How long? How long? How long before you get an email from Jerry from T Public where the subject line is, I got fired or new email? Hey, everyone, this is my new email. That's all I have to say. Oh, wait, one more thing. Jerry, God love you. I hope you work at Tee Public for another hundred years. Another hundred. May you live 120. May you work at another hundred. You're the best, Jerry. Jerry Chendon, a hundred, hundred years. One hundred years, one hundred beers. And I should add, we, we are we are totally joking about the Tee Public uh, sponsorship. Uh, Jerry was just nice enough to offer some free merch to the grand prize winner. Uh, they are not an official sponsor of the Tee Public Presents Double Threat Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by Tee Public. And the last award, the last award uh, uh, for the best line of dialogue, best line of dialogue. Uh, I posted this one on Twitter already, but this award goes to Sarah for the following line of dialogue as spoken by the Crypt Keeper. We're going to run a Chattanooga Choo Choo on Chattanooga Yu Yu. <laughs> Congrats, Sarah. Yeah, you did it, Sarah. That was the one I read this morning. Come on up and get your award. <laughs> oh my god. So those are the those are the the warm-ups to the to the big show. Yeah, that that was the uh the warm-up uh and how uh how 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 was everybody feeling after that? Not great. Not great, Bob, as they Uneasy. said on The Madman. Um um Feeling good. I feel like this is going to be a home run, and I cannot wait to hear these filthy stories. And then then you just hear snorting on Tom's end, and his face goes out of frame, and he pops up again like Alfred Molina in Boogie Nights. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'll do some cocaine, and it'll be like Ray Liotta when he goes, oh! (laughs) And I'm like, are you sure that's cocaine? cocaine? I do that when I eat a pot brownie. When it, when the edible hits, oh! I go, ah! <laughs> uh, you know uh, uh, what the hell? One, one last award here: the award for most mind-bending story. Most mind-bending story goes to Chris uh, for his story, Double Brett, uh, in which I fuck myself. <laughs> so, congratulations, Chris! You made my night. Uh, <laughs> No, is it a cloning incident? What is the what? Yeah, what's what, that? Is what, there a what is the mechanic? The it's like a doppelganger scenario. I think <laughs> there, there's no explanation beyond just a, a, a Hello, double Brett. shows up that has all the same Hello, characteristics. <laughs> he was writing and he's like, "Look, I could fill in details and no get the science that, behind the thing right. No one cares. They just want to see Brett getting down with himself." Yeah. I, uh, I finished reading that one, and I uh, looked up from the computer and made eye contact with my wife, and uh, a part of me was was lost forever in, in that moment. <laughs> and she said, where is dinner? This fish has been sitting on this cutting yeah. board for 45 minutes. Yeah. Brett waking up from a nightmare, be like, oh, my God, I forgot to put anything on the fish. Would that be terrible, Brett, if you just put a plain old fish on a grill? Wouldn't that be nice sometimes? I mean, the, the the plainest I get is just lemon and olive oil. You know, you can't go wrong with that. That's mm-hmm. the, that, that's kind of the okay. baseline. Okay. 
No fit. No, no salt and pepper. Oh, sure. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. A little miso paste, perhaps. Oh, now we're talking. Oh, now he's getting excited yeah. because well, cognac. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Okay. Cognac. Right. What are you doing? Right. What's Rub happening? A light, uh, crush a light bulb on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> For some crunch. Yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a, yeah, a type of panko. A, I think. Yeah, yeah. A little light bulb panko. A little Westinghouse panko. That's what Brett calls a <laughs> Brett calls. A, <laughs> He goes and gets old original light bulbs. The kind he can't can't buy new anymore. Yeah, Forever Dogs like at the studio. Like Joe's like, why don't these lights turn on? Yeah, uh, yeah, because no because just eat your food and you'll find out why. <laughs> just eat your flounder and you'll know why there's no lights in here anymore. Oh, is this breaded? And he goes, in no, it's it's breaded. It's breaded. Yes. Did a little old, old fashioned GE panko on that. And dig in. <laughs> little shake and bake. That sounds like a uh, horror horror revenge story. Uh, maybe after this contest, we could do a Vincent uh, Price style horror uh, storytelling. If contest. we do hor- if we do horror stories, it could just be us listening to these excerpts. It'll be us listening. Yes, it'll be us listening to this episode. Will be the true horror story. The horror. The horror. The horror. And on that note, uh, please stay tuned after the break uh, when we will reveal our narrators, our special guest narrators, and present the top five finalists. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here to let you know about our latest episode of Office Hours Live. Office Hours is great fun. With the great John Early and Theta Hamill. Very handsome. Thank you. Thank you. They're here to talk about... Their new movie, Stress Positions. And we just had a, a wonderful time. There was a lot of laughter and joy. Don't believe me? Well, listen for yourself on the podcast app of your choice. You're not going to want to miss a second. That's at Office Hours Live at the podcast app of your choice. Bum, 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 bum. I love Vic and Doug and I love drinking my wine. Welcome back to the T Public Presents Double Threat Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by T Public. And now it's the moment you've all been waiting for the reveal of our special guests, our guest narrators. This is great. This is Very huge. Uh, and, and there were some great guesses online as to the identity uh, of these persons. Um, somebody guessed uh, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, uh, Jerry from T Public, of course, uh, James Earl Jones, Nick Nolte. Uh, 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 fellow podcast superstars Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda, uh, all good guesses and all wrong. Uh, the special guest narrator who brought a guest of her own, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, the special guest narrator is Laurie Winkle, and if you don't recognize Laurie's name, you might recognize her by her pen name, Yvonne Sin. Because Yvonne Sin was the narrator of the Five Guys audiobook, yes, uh, which we encountered back in our Hanukkah erotica episode. Uh, that's right. We've got the dulcet tones of Five Guys narrator Yvonne Sin coming up. And Yvonne brought a guest of her own, Kurt Bonham. Kurt Bonham, a fellow voice actor and erotic audiobook narrator uh, to assist with the readings. So we've got two straight up professionals uh, about to tackle your stories, the five finalists. Uh, so this is um, very cool. No, this is very exciting. And uh, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm paying for the whole seat, but I'm only using the front part. <laughs> and uh, 
it's we've got a uh no, i'm on the edge ex- of my uh knife mm-hmm. i'm doing that thing where you <laughs> you do what's that thing where you take your your hand on the table and you take a knife you go bop, 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 bop. what's that called stabby stabbies <laughs> you want to play stabbies you want to play stabbies well, uh, I'll say I'm expecting a bit of a conflicted experience with these readings uh, because I can confirm that the stories themselves are largely nightmarish. Uh, but uh, as read by uh, Yvonne Sin and Kurt Bonham, I feel like they might take on some uh, some unexpected beauty that I didn't yes. quite uh, uh, catch on to when I was reading them uh, to myself hunched over my uh, computer sure. this week. The hideous and the sublime, which is really what sex is when you think about it, which you shouldn't because you got to apologize to the priest after. You got to say, oh, no, I thought about doing doing the deed and the guy goes well it, it happens i guess and so talk say this 10 times fast uh and you go okie dokie and before we get started just want to send a big thank you to laurie winkle aka von sin and kurt bonham uh they they, they truly knocked this uh, out of the park uh, they were so gracious and generous with their time uh, and you can follow them online in all the normal places uh, i'll put links to their socials and their websites in the show notes uh, so just click on those links check them out give them a follow uh, and hey hire them uh, if you can afford them uh, for the next time uh, you need a voice artist and only the best will do because they are the best okay uh here we go the uh, first finalist in the T Public Presents Double Thread Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by T Public is Mike K from Ann Arbor with his story Forbidden Desires. Forbidden Desires. The warm Caribbean breeze blew through the Crypt Keeper's brittle hair as he leaned out over the railing of the cruise ship. (laughs) The vast water shone bright before him, sparkling to the horizon, as he raised a bony hand to shield his eyes from the sun. Oh, what a ghoulishly good time I've had on this cruise. Even a stiff like me needs to unwind from time to time. The Crypt Keeper turned away from the sea and began to shuffle slowly below decks towards his cabin. He arrived at his door, unlocked it, and slowly opened it. As he walked in, his rotting eyes fell upon the remains from last night's debauchery. A pasty white man lay face up on the Crypt Keeper's bed. The man's wrists and ankles were handcuffed to the bed frame. He was naked, except for a red ball gag jammed into his mouth. His sizable paunch hung over his manhood, providing a small measure of modesty. <laughs> Garrison, my dear, how are you feeling today? Garrison Keeler replied. Oh, silly me. Now where are my manners? The Crypt Keeper walked over to the bed and removed the ball gag from his mouth. I, uh, I, uh, don't know where to begin. Uh, last night was beyond anything I thought possible. I, I've always been afraid to speak my deepest desires out loud, but I, I feel safe when I'm with you. The Crypt Keeper picked up the whip laying on the nightstand. Hmm, safe, you say? Well, I'm not exactly a safety-first type of ghoul. <laughs> You're a bad boy, aren't you, Garrison? Well, the Crypt Keeper knows how to deal with bad boys. He cracked the whip across Garrison's ample breasts. 
Lake Wobegon. Lake Wobegon. Ah, using our safe word so soon, are we? Well, I'm disappointed in you, but rules are rules. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I've invited a special friend of mine to join in the fun. I hope you're open to expanding your horizons. <laughs> Garrison's eyes widened with recognition. No, it can't be. Oh, it's me all right, Mr. Keeler, responded Grimace. The large purple beast of McDonaldland lore waddled towards the bed. I've been a fan of yours for years, going back to your Minneapolis public radio days. Garrison grew hard at the compliment, his manhood quickly rising and pushing aside his gut to make itself known. <laughs> oh my! We're going to have to do something about that! As Grimace bent towards the bed, the Crypt Keeper noticed a puddle forming on the cabin floor under him. Grimace, my putrid purple friend, what is that? Oh dear, Grimace always shoots the squirt when he gets excited. Hmm, well then, get ready to squirt a lot more! <laughs> God. Now, <laughs> Julie, where where are you at right now, Julie? I'm going to do my famous Jack Benny impersonation. Ready? Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. My I'm <laughs> my cheeks are so hot. Yeah. <laughs> Did Jack? I'm going to do my Jack Benny impression. Did Jack Benny ever jump off his roof? <laughs> No, we, we can move on, and that was great, and that I was... cannot wait to see what else is coming. No pun intended. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, the second finalist is Grace. With her story, which was untitled, but I named it The Visit. The Visit. Brett stands quietly in his kitchen, eyes closed, massaging one of his famous rubs into a fresh slab of catfish. Allowing his senses to guide him, he reaches out to his spice rack, fingers grazing the jars of tarragon and bike chain lubricant, and grasps a jar simply labeled blue. Never opening his eyes, he trusts his intuition to work the mysterious ingredient into the folds. A knock at the door jolts him from his reverie. Refusing to wash his hands and risk compromising the flavor, he crosses to it, holding his hands up like he's scrubbed in for surgery. He opens the door to reveal a well-dressed man. He looks official, bearing a serious expression. But Brett notes a weariness behind his eyes that hints at a softer side. Producer Brett? The man asks, his voice as smooth as honey. It would make a fine glaze. Brett thought to himself. Please call me Brett. The corners of the man's mouth threatened to turn upwards into a smile, but he resists. I would, but I'm here on official business. He reaches into his back pocket and removes a wallet, which he holds open for Brett to examine. A golden badge, emblazoned with a sturdy-looking child clad in lederhosen. I'm a representative from the Hackers Corporation. May I come in? The mood between them shifts. 
Brett stiffens, regretting that he asked this man to call him by his name. Nevertheless, he holds his front door open. The hacker's rep enters, carrying a cumbersome briefcase. Brett closes the door and pauses, deferring to the hacker's rep's dominant presence. Please, sit. The hacker's rep insists, gesturing to the floor. Brett follows the instruction, resisting the temptation to steal a whiff of his sticky hands for reassurance. The hacker's rep opens his briefcase and removes a wooden footstool and a scroll. He sits on the stool in front of Brett, clearly comfortable with his commanding role. We, the Hackers Corporation, are issuing the following decree in accordance with Section 31 of the Hackers Code of Conduct. Producer Brett, having sent several distressing emails to the Hackers Corporation, will be removed from society and placed in Hackers Jail. Hackers does not take lightly the mention of infested flour, nor the threat of being tricked with cats, a threat which others have followed through with on many previous occasions. The hacker's rep rolls up his scroll, bracing for the brutal tirade that typically follows an announcement like this. But it doesn't come. Brett's innocent eyes are wide and fearful. You can't put me in the hacker's jail. Uh, My hosts need me. They're so quirky, they won't be able to cope without me. Please, there must be something I can do. Ten years of arresting people on behalf of the Hecker's Corporation, and this is the first time anyone has ever challenged the rep like this. He can feel himself melting, that Brett would put the needs of his quirky hosts before his own. Brett notices the Hecker's rep's hesitation and realizes his opportunity. He moves from his sitting position to kneel between the rep's legs and leans into him. Brett watches as the hacker's rep's eyes follow his hand's every move, however slight. There must be something I can do. The hacker's rep looks into Brett's eyes, no longer seeing innocence. He had let his guard down, and now he was a fly in a spider's web. Brett holds his hands up in prayer to the hacker's rep, and bites his lip with an intensity that only Lin-Manuel Miranda could match. What is that smell? The hacker's rep asks. Brett could have laughed. It was all too easy. I make rubs and glazes for fish. The hacker's rep's mouth falls ajar, his breathing slow and deliberate as he salivates, unable to take his eyes off Brett's hands. It's been... So long since I've tasted anything that isn't flour. Sometimes I've tried to eat my footstool. The hacker's rep continues, the lump in his throat audible as he begs for Brett to give him some release. Brett gently brings his right hand towards the hacker's rep's mouth, the two of them holding eye contact. The hacker's rep leans cautiously toward Brett's finger before Brett slides it deep into his mouth. They maintain their gaze, saying so much while saying nothing at all, as the hacker's rep sucks the rub off Brett's finger. Brett slowly pulls it out, dragging it down the rep's bottom lip and chin. Is that bubblegum? The rep asks, savoring the taste. Brett leans in, his mouth tantalizingly close to the rep's now. I'll never tell. Instantaneously, they begin making out. It's frenzied, animalistic. They stand and clumsily make their way to Brett's kitchen, mouths not leaving each other for a second. The hacker's rep reaches for Brett's belt, but Brett pushes his hands away. 
These alchemist robes are custom made. No one touches them but me. Brett's forcefulness only spurs the Hecker's rep on, exhilarated by finally being on the receiving end of an admonishment. They resume kissing and strip themselves, Brett gingerly putting his fine silken attire aside. They pause for a moment to take each other in, Brett admiring the unbleached forever tattoo styled in cursive across the Hecker's rep's chest. Brett grabs a handful of his fish rub and proceeds to work it over the Hecker's rep's throbbing dick. The Hecker's rep grabs his own handful, ignoring Brett's frown as an unworthy hand touches his rub. They jack each other off, the smell of salt, sweat, and bubble gum filling the air between them. Oh, producer Brett, moans the Hecker's rep. Call me Baby Goldilocks. Brett replies breathlessly. Oh, Baby Goldilocks. This was a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Are we done? Oh, are we done? Okay, good. I was going to stop it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. This was a bad idea. We made a mistake. We made a huge. We made a bad mistake. We made a a big mistake. We made a big mistake. This this huge miscalculation. Huge mistake. Yeah, and I have. I find myself shrinking into like a like a fetal. I just keep all of just sadness. Like Gene Wilder and producers, like no way out, no way out. Moving right along, almost halfway through the T Public presents Double Threat Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by T Public. The third finalist is Brian with his story simply titled Alec Baldwin Hosts an Orgy. Alec Baldwin Hosts an Orgy. Alec Baldwin stood at the front of his screening room and addressed his assembled guests. Before we enjoy this week's screening of Broadway Danny Rose, I thought I should explain a few things. First, I've removed all the seats and replaced them with rubber sheets, pillows, and cushions. This is to facilitate the evening's, uh, shall we say, erotic endeavors. Next, now that everyone has finished their chili, generously supplied by our friends from Terlingua, I should tell you... Alec paused as a devilish grin spread across his face. I had the Crypt Keeper add an extra special ingredient. (laughs) I doused it with Spanish fly. I call it 69 Alarm Texas Suck and Fuck Surprise. (laughs) Just then, an old 35mm projector kicked to life in the back of the room. The reels whirred as the film began to play. Everyone was delighted to see that instead of the usual critically acclaimed Woody Allen film, the title Horny Danny Bones, a porn parody, appeared on screen. No longer able to contain their excitement. And spurred on by the action on screen, everyone in the room began vigorously sucking and fucking each other. Alec Baldwin pulled down Woody Allen's corduroy pants to reveal a bedazzled G-string. This time I'll be spilling more than just chili on my pants, Jack Nicholson said as he pulled down his chili-stained sweatpants to reveal his rock-hard erection. Seeing this, 
Mr. Buxton got on all fours and joyously exclaimed, Talk, please. Uh. Martin Scorsese presented his naked body to a black leather-clad Fran Leibowitz. I'm going to make you scream just like that IHOP paper towel dispenser. <laughs> Marty's uproarious laughing could hardly be heard through the ball gag in his mouth. Uh. <sighs> My God, I hate the decor in here, said Scott Adams. Good thing I brought this. Adams brought out a giant dildo in the shape of Dilbert's head and inserted it into himself. Long into the night, everybody fucked and sucked and made each other come. Alec Baldwin's screening room was messier than the bottom of a stockpot at the end of a three-day chili cook-off. By the time the credits on Horny Danny Bones were rolling, everyone lay in a giant wet mess, thoroughly exhausted. Everyone, that is, except Brayat who sat at his laptop, furiously transcribing everything that happened. Oh, wait until Jerry from Teat Public hears about this. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Boppa speaking. <laughs> that is all I gotta say. That one, that was transcendent. Yeah. But I don't know what it transcended. I'm not sure. Something transcended. Well, didn't George Harrison at one point stop doing LSD and started doing transcendental meditations and started getting the same effect so he could leave his body? So this is the equivalent of that to you, Julie? No. Okay. Uh, the penultimate finalist in this year's challenge is Mary with her story, Keep Them Satisfied. Keep Them Satisfied. You want to keep the talent happy? Find me my filet of fish. Tom's words rung inside Brett's head, taunting him. It's my goddamn podcasting network. Who does he think he is? But deep down, Brett knew it was true. No Tom and Julie, no podcast. No podcast, no podcast network. No podcast network, and Brett was out of luck. And out of all the expensive rubs and marinades he needed for his own homemade fish fillets. Brett had been to five different McDonald's in the greater Los Angeles County, and every single one was sold out of filet of fish sandwiches. Brett was desperate. He needed those sandwiches, or Tom would walk. There was only one solution left. He just never thought he'd go back to that life. He pulled up to the seedy little motel on La Cienega. Well, time to work some magic, he told himself. The captain was already waiting for him in the room, red coat open, the frilly shirt half undone, vest open. <laughs> That stupid parrot sitting on his shoulder as he sat propped up in bed. So, you need me sandwiches. I do. You must need them pretty badly to be meeting with us like this. I, I do. I need those sandwiches. And you're the only one who knows how to get any right now. Hmm, how much do you want them? Brett sat down next to Captain Crook and put his hand high on the pantalooned thigh. Mm. Captain, I'm desperate. 
His hand drifted toward the captain's growing bulge. Captain looked down at Brett. Are you sure you just want to fillet a fish? Because it looks to me, matey, like you're hungry for more. Back at the studio, Tom was ravenous. You were gone for hours. Did, did you go all the way to McDonald land? Do you have to catch and cook the fish yourself? Brett shook his head. It wasn't that hard. Well, I mean, it wasn't that difficult. In fact, I'll make another run anytime you want. That was... That was... It was as beautifully executed as I will be beautifully executed when I execute myself Mm -hmm. with a hunting rifle. And last but not least, we finally arrived at the final finalist in the T-Public Presents Double Threat Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by T-Public. It is Caitlin with her story uh, called... Jesus Christ. uh, One Night in Brett. One night in Brett. Taking out a few black dusters from his closet, Brett began to pack his suitcase for his upcoming road trip with Tom and Julie. This would be his first year as a judge at the Terlingua Championship Cookoff. Brett had been dreaming about attending this event for a while, but it wasn't just for the culinary exploration. Brett was more interested in the potential of meeting Mr. Concoction. Brett had briefly heard about this mysterious Mr. Concoction, a.k.a. Rob, during a prerequisite chili chat with the Chili Appreciation Society International. As an alchemist himself, he wanted to get inside Rob's brain and absorb any knowledge he could from this dazzling wizard. He tried to stop his racing thoughts, but he couldn't deny the deep, sensual ping echoing inside him. Brett imagined Rob sucking glazes and rubs off his fingers, He shook his head in embarrassment and tearfully whispered, Mr. Concoction will never love a stupid podcast producer like me. Brett left to pick up Tom and Julie. Hours later, as the miles passed closer to the destination, Brett could feel his heart fluttering excitedly. Tom noticed and said, Wow, you sure look enthused, Brett. You know, this is just a stupid chili party for stupid chili bros, right? Brett and Julie shot Tom an annoyed glare and quickly reminded him of how the onion made him look like a fool so he can keep his chilly opinion to himself. Tom remained silent for the rest of the ride, giving Brett some much-needed time to fantasize about Rob's muscular pecs. As they arrived at the competition, Brett looked around, only to realize that Tom and Julie had already ditched him. Feeling helpless and frightened, he began to wander around the cook-off ranch, He tried to focus on what he knew best. He put his energy from his restless libido into chili judging. After six bowls of chili, the passion was rising. He made an exit to the bathroom to relieve his growing erection. He removed his belt and started to pleasure himself. Unfortunately, there was still chili powder on his hands, and his member promptly started burning. He rushed to the sink and tried to wash off the chili powder, but the water was just spreading the capsaicin around. He heard the door open, and he shamefully tried to cover himself. Not knowing how to explain what was going on, he stood in silence. 
The man who entered the bathroom almost left just as immediately, but a few moments later he returned with a gallon of milk in his noticeably strong arms. This should help, he said before pouring the entire gallon of milk all over Brett's throbbing cock. Uh, thanks. Sorry, I'm new here. The man's eyes went wide as if he was in shock. Wait. He exclaimed loudly. Are you Brett? The, the alchemist of rubs and glazes? I recognize you from your voice. I love Forever Dog. Brett reached for some napkins to soak up the milk off his dawn. He looked back up at the stranger and realized how handsome and magnetizing his energy was. Brett adjusted his milky dong and responded, Yippers, I'm Brett, the forever dog money man. And he held out his hand for a shake. The handshake continued for what seemed like a long time, neither of them wanting to let go of the other one. Finally, the man broke the silence by saying, Well, Brett, you can call me Rob. Brett was aghast. Was this a dream? He couldn't believe he was meeting his crush for the first time, and he didn't even have his pants on. Now it was Brett's turn to be wide-eyed and shocked. He was so close to the sacred knowledge within the confines of Rob's body. I heard you make a chili with 29 ingredients. That's buck wild. Putting the gallon of milk on the bathroom counter, Rob leaned in close to Brett. He was pressed up against him, pinning Brett to the counter. Rob murmured in Brett's ear, I bet we could make a chili with 69 ingredients. And there it is. Say it with me, the Tea Public presents Double Thread Erotic Fan Fiction Challenge presented by Tea Public. Now jump on over to Twitter at Double Threat Pod to vote for your favorite story. Uh, and hey, if you are not following us on Twitter already, give us a follow while you're over there. Uh, and last but not least, before I send it back to Tom and Julie for a postmortem, uh, another huge thank you to the incredibly talented and genuinely kind Laurie Winkles and Kurt Bonham. Uh, you can follow Laurie on Instagram at LaurieCatWinks. And to find a list of all the audiobooks that Laurie has narrated, uh, erotic and otherwise, you can search on Audible for Laurie Winkles or for her pseudonym, Yvonne Sin. And check out Kurt Bonham on his websites, narratedby.me and kurtbonham.com, where you'll find links to his social accounts and his audiobooks uh, on Audible under his own name and under his pseudonym, Brad King. Uh, Brad King, one of the premier narrators of gay romance out there right now. Uh, tons of titles to browse and choose from. Uh, so thank you, Laurie and Kurt. You are the best in the biz as far as I'm concerned. And Double Threat listeners, give these dang heroes a follow, won't you? Links in the show notes. Well, it's time to kill ourselves, so happy Valentine's Day, and don't forget, it's better to be alone than to have- Listen to those stories. <laughs> or just, I don't know, I just think, now I think sex is just bad and gross. Like, <laughs> I just all you people out there are like, oh no, I'm not going to have sex. Thank God! It just- to me, sex right now seems like um, what's that Muppet that you hate the most? That's like the one that Walter. like is... <laughs> no, the one that's like the big one. You hate the big ones with Sam feet. Eagle. No, no, no. The one who like uh, runs after Brett. Do you know who I'm talking about? 
Are you talking about the the uh, monster? Like the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the big, big monster. monster? Sweetums. Sweetums. Sweetums, okay. All right, sweet. That's what that anyway. That's what sex is to me now. Is like sweetums chasing after me. Okay. I'm just like no. I just want to. I just want to do crafts and take. What was what was the low point for you personally, Julie, with those stories? I feel the Hecker flower one. Uh, I felt I felt something in me just died. It was like a little fuse blew. It reminded me of the song "I Don't Like Mondays." Where it's like, the silicon chip inside Tom's head got switched to overload <laughs> when the hacker story started. Good. Now that was, uh, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. But thank you. Thank you for sending us this filth. Never yeah, do so it again. <laughs> Please don't. Audience- now- By the way, inbox is closed. No more submissions. This they contest be, is they over. They will be deleted for the end until the end of time. This contest is over. Now, I, I, I could not be more conflicted by what we just experienced. We're very, we're, we're, we're very grateful for you. We're very grateful for Brett for putting this all together. This took a lot of dirty work, and we are very grateful to our narrators for submitting their performances of this, uh, this, this smutty, smutty filth. Yeah, I, I got to say, I asked Laurie and Kurt uh, afterward, and they both said that uh, all of you uh, have a career in erotica waiting for you. If you want it, they said that your stories are uh, better than than most of the stuff uh, they read professionally. But we disagree. We are horrified and we are recovering, but we thank you yes. anyway for the incredible uh, work. Thank you, everybody. You really, you, we suggested it. You lived up to it. And, and we're all responsible for yeah. this. Just like the Capitol on January 6th, we all shoulder the blame on this one. I right. don't believe Br- that. Britney, but. Britney Spears, the Capitol, the erotic fan fiction contest brought to you by Jerry from T Public. Uh, and we'll be back next week with the talented guys uh, from the George Lucas talk show. Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, come back for that episode. And, and. The winner. The the untalented guy from the George Lucas. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I will say uh, Patrick and I had a, had a bit of a breakthrough on names. social media uh, this past week. Uh, I might be uh, changing you, my, my tune on old Patrick. Did you come to a resolution? Uh, well, we just uh, sort of fell into a nice uh, chat in the in the comments section. Uh, uh, it started as, as most of our... Uh, conversations start uh, with me threatening to sue him for plagiarism, uh, but then uh, <laughs> a couple beats later, uh, we had settled into settled into a nice little conversation. So I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, that's a tactic on his part. He's if he's more clever kosh- than, than I give him credit kosher. for. He's kosher. He's kosher. It's fine. Maybe this episode works as a little bit of a poison pill for George Lucas talk show because they can't let them, plagiarize this. No, let them plagiarize it, and it and it it will it will the sh- their show will die because. <laughs> This was like, oh, yeah, it'd be like, hey, get away from this. I'm going to eat all this rat poison. <laughs> oh, no, come on. Give me some of that rat poison. No, I'm eating all of it myself. There's not, not enough for two of us. I'm going to get up and go wash my hands and I'm coming back and I'm eating all this rat poison. Don't touch it. And you get up and they're like <laughs> <laughs> shoveling rat poison in your mouth. <laughs> Well, happy Valentine's Day, everybody, and thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. 
Um, and thanks again for everyone stuff and rate us on iTunes and uh, follow us on social media and subscribe and tell your friends about the show. And send us clips. Yeah, send us clips to doublethreadpod at gmail.com and uh, check our Twitter this week at doublethreadpod because we will be posting a poll. Uh, it should be up there now uh, where you can select the grand prize winner of the T Public Presents Double Thread Erotic Fan Fiction Contest presented by T Public. <laughs> uh, the final step to put a nail in this coffin. Uh, one winner uh, will be chosen and will win a merch package from T Public, uh, thanks to Jerry, as well as $100 to the charity of your choice. Uh, the winner's choice. So get over there and get voting. First place gets five products from T Public. Second place gets ten products from <laughs> T Public. <laughs> no, that's just a joke. That's an old. I that's like an old it. classic where it's like, yeah, we got a vacation package. First place gets a week in Hoboken. Second place gets two weeks in Hoboken. I like it. I like it. I think vaudeville. I like vaudeville. I like jokes. I like stories. I do too. And that's why I want to recommend this American life. (laughs) Goodbye. Forever. Dog. This has been a forever dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.